in the Christmas spirit with all of these trees and the snow and the vibes and the lights. All right, I, I need to know, and this is not a judgment moment, although everyone knows my standing on this and I can see all of you and how you react. I would love you to raise your hand between Thanksgiving and Christmas, which is your favorite. Thanksgiving. Up. Yep. I knew, I knew my mother-in-law's is Thanksgiving, and I don't know why. I know why, and I explain it, and I actually respect it. Now, Christmas. All right. So the reason why, and um, Mom and I, Diane, have talked about this, Thanksgiving is great because it does provide this focus where we look around, we look around the table, right, and we say, what do I have? Look at all that I have. I'm so grateful for what God has put in my life. We reflect, we give thanks, and we eat. We eat things that are on the table right in front of us. There's no presents, and we just appreciate, and we're grateful. We get to focus on the life we have. Christmas, however, my Christmas routine begins with, okay, everyone's asking for lists. So I walk around my house, and I go, what did Sam forget to get me on my birthday? What did I not get myself? What don't I have yet? Can I ask for a rug? No, that's too much. Maybe I'll ask for a rug. Okay, let's see. And we, I start to remind myself of the things I don't yet have. Can I be honest? Every single birthday and Christmas, I go on Amazon, and I search top gifts for women, whatever year it is. And I go, tell me what I need. I don't know what I want, and everyone's pressuring me, and I want the best. So Amazon, what are your top gifts? And I sit and I look for the things I don't yet have. So Thanksgiving, the life we have. Christmas can become the life that I want, the things I don't have, but might with a little help from my friends, right? Almost sang a Beatles song there, but I didn't. We're in church. Come on, people. But Christmas I love because it does. It requires us to trust in things that we can't see, things that we know are coming as we wait expectantly for them. And do you want to know what these things are? Stupid boxes that we cannot see and have not come yet because they are stuck on a shipping dock or like a, like a, sh- a yard or a plane or whatever happens when you click the button to buy and whatever happens when it doesn't come. Wherever those things are, they are not here yet as we expectingly wait. Amazon Prime, I have no issues with. I am not going to begin to unpack the incredible magic of next day delivery. I don't get it. I'm not going to pretend I have the answers, okay? I do not have the answers just because I have a microphone. However, FedEx, and if you work for FedEx, I'm sorry. I have had some trauma, and you know what? Um, when you face trauma, you got to talk about it, right? So I'm, we're going to we are going to talk about the anxiety of FedEx at church, okay? We're not afraid to talk about it at church. Come on, people. So in Tulsa, I will say we had a lot of issues with FedEx. A lot of, so maybe FedEx is great here. I don't know. But the, the, the Tulsa branch of FedEx, I have issues with. Praying about it. Giving it to God. So when we first moved to Tulsa, we kind of had to sell everything. We lived in Shakopee. We were there for three years in Tulsa, and so we kind of started over with some furniture. We didn't know what our house was going to look like, what everything was going to be, so we're like, let's kind of start from scratch. And so we're in this new house, and it's kind of empty, and, I'm, and we, we made some money on the sale of our Shakopee home, and so we were trying to be smart, order some furniture on Wayfair. So I ordered some furniture, um, ordered some chairs, and uh, 
took a couple weeks for these chairs to come, and then I got this notification. Ding, your chair has arrived. Enjoy your package. So I run to the door like a crazy person, and there is nothing. And so I wait till the end of the night, nothing. So I call FedEx the next morning, because they were the people delivering it. And they said, yeah, no, it was accepted and signed for. I said, I did not sign for anything. Can, what, what, what does it say? They read the name. I said, that is not me. And he said, well, then someone else, you know, accepted your package. I was like, go get it. They said, we legally cannot do anything. That person now has a French country chair, and I promise you, the type of person that would take my package does not have French country decor. I don't know why. I've just decided. I'm like, you're stealing my package. You just, whatever. Now you have a big French country chair. So you know what? They're like, you know, well, you'll just have to, you know, deal with whoever, whoever you bought it from. Maybe they can handle it. Hung up. So Wayfair sends another one. Receive a notification. Eight days later, your package has arrived. Ran outside. Nothing. Nothing. They said it was arrived. Everything was good. And so call FedEx. They said, yeah, our, you know, our guy put it in the system that it has been delivered. But we know who it was, and uh, we've had some issues with him, so we will hunt him down. We'll ask him what happened. They call back the next day. Dude has been let go. He broke the chair and just didn't tell anybody about it. Just like, oops, whatever. So finally, got taken care of. I got my chair. But it has taken me a while to hit that button and to trust FedEx with my packages. Tulsa branch people. I'm protecting myself here from emails. Actually, you know what? I don't get those emails. So whoever deals with them, that's on you. But I am grateful that God is nothing like FedEx. We are. We delay. We forget. We make mistakes on our end. We cover them up. We receive miracles. We receive blessings, straight treasures from heaven. We receive words from God. We're in worship. We feel like he's putting something in our spirits. Or we're in our devotional time and we receive this verse that speaks straight in, direct, in the direction we know God wants to lead us. And often, I've done it, we forget. We forget what the verse was. Or we forget what the significance of that moment was when time passes and we delay and we write it off. I cannot tell you how many times I've been in altar moments and later resisted the nudge and shook it off from the Holy Spirit. Or I have convinced myself that what I was hearing was not God. I was just in my head, or that's this. And that conviction, no, that was something else. And I have written moments, holy moments, from the Holy Spirit off in my own life. But do I know what this, do I know, this is like my, one of my favorite things about God, knowing this, God still desires to entrust heavenly things to us. He sent things. He put prophets in the world. He sent messengers knowing I'm going to be rejected and I'm going to send another one. Time and time again, God would entrust heavenly things of the kingdom to us. Second Corinthians refers to us as jars of clay. And God made us as jars of clay Fragile things, right? Jars of clay are. If you've ever dropped one, you know. To show, this is what it says, that the surpassing power belongs to God, not us. Simply, not us. So I'm going to dive into the Christmas story. This, this series is called Can You Hear? And it's powerful. 
because hearing the voice of God, listening to him, it's a huge part of this Christmas story we can so often miss. So I want us to pray. I'm going to cover us in prayer in God's word. So Lord, we bow our heads and our hearts before you and we say thank you for your word that guides us, instructs us. Thank you, Lord, that your words have power, that they do not return void. Thank you that you have given us these moments in your presence to guide our lives. We trust you with them today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. So in order for the Christmas story to take place, for this series, for this holiday, for our salvation to take place, God had to entrust someone, his son, to us, a human, a young, fragile source. Humanity had been anything but trustworthy in the past, right? But he trusted Mary. Why? In this Christmas series, we're going to be looking at how the people, to this week and the next week to follow, how the people, not just characters, these were people at this climactic time in history, responded to God's voice and carried out his will. So I'm going to say this now so there's no confusion. This is why this series exists. You cannot learn the will of God if you are not willing to hear the voice of God. And now I'm not saying, we're not saying that if you're struggling to hear God's voice, you'll never learn his will. What is, if you aren't willing to hear his voice, you will not know the will of God. And at the holidays, it can be super hard to hear God's voice because honestly, we get so caught up in the hustle and bustle. And I have been guilty of this so many times that you get to Christmas Eve and I've been like, you know, you're like with your kids and you're at Christmas Eve service and then you go home later and you're like, oh, yeah, hey, guys, I got this, babe. Kids, this is about Jesus. I know we've done all this, but remember, it's about Jesus, okay? This is about Jesus. This is about Jesus. Okay, now unpause Christmas Chronicles 2 because I love Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, and this is just such a great movie. I can't believe that Netflix put this out. And then we go back to our thing. We can get so caught up in some of the traditions, which are not inherently evil, by the way, watching movies and drinking eggnog and Christmas carols and all of the fattening cheeses. Amazing. We love it. But we cannot miss the true Christmas story. This is about Jesus. And we can go through the whole Christmas season and miss the focus. It gets crowded out. It's a story of how God spoke in different ways to all these people to carry out his will, his will to redeem his people. So we're going to jump into the Christmas story at Luke 1. Um, we're going to pick up at verse 28, but I want to back for a little bit. So we know where we're at. God sends an angel named Gabriel to a village in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin named Mary. And Mary at this point is engaged to marry a local carpenter named Joseph, as we know, and he was a descendant of King David. And we're filling this in because these are important prophecies that these people would know needed to be in this story in order to fulfill God's will of bringing the Messiah. So we're here. Verse 28, Gabriel appeared to her, that being Mary, and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary's human, y'all. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. I want to pause there real quick. One, because I think it's interesting that God sends this angel. So, yes, this is the angel, but he's carrying God's message, right? So this is God speaking through the angel to Mary. 
God never expects that Mary would fill in the blanks correctly or he would never interrupt her and say, hey, (laughs) she's trying to figure out what he means, right? She tried to think what he can mean. And he said, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. So that is two times, right? You're a favored woman. She says nothing. And again, he says, you have found favor with God. What does that mean? To me, as I'm praying about this, I'm looking at it very, very simply. Mary needed reassurance in her standing with God. And God wasn't mad. He told her again, hey, hey, don't be afraid. Your, my favor is on you. This is good, basically. She had not responded initially with fear, and that was okay. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel. His kingdom will never end. So Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, as Pastor Sam said it earlier. That was such a great word. And he will be called the Son of God. Then he tells her that her cousin's miraculously pregnant in her own age. It boosts Mary's faith. And he finishes with, for nothing is impossible with God. Another manuscript, quite a few actually say, for the word of God never fails, which should just make us like pause for a second and like run a quick lap around the world. For the word of God never fails. Well, that's a wor- that is just God's word right there doing its thing. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything, say everything. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Let's notice that Mary was positioned. Let's talk again about favor quick. She was positioned in God's favor before she even said yes. Before the baby, the son of God, was even in her womb, she had favor with God. It was not contingent necessarily on that, yes, God had already given her favor. But then look at the language. It says, you will, you will, he will, the Holy Spirit will, the Most High will, as if it had already happened, as if it was already final. This will happen. Why do we trust God's promises? They're final. God is outside of space and time. It is as if they have already happened. So if God's outside of space and time, why did he ask her? Because he knew she would say yes. She was virtuous. She was a virgin. She valued what was holy. She feared the Lord. She could be trusted to carry out and protect and cover the message that God had put within her. And I want to quit combat a lie because I feel like the enemy wants to lie and make you believe that if I just said that you, she was virtuous, she was a virgin, she could be trusted, she valued, that Jesus is righteous and we're righteous by his blood. So don't let the enemy lie to you there and say that you can't be like this because you have not been virtuous. Finding trust where that was just a quick, like, hey, let's nip that in the butt right now. I just said butt. I'm just going to address it because I did. Online, I did it. Let's move on. Calm down. Grow up. Finding trustworthy people who can handle valuable info is tricky. Have you found this to be true? No? Everyone's great at keeping secrets. You have good friends. Awesome. For me, there have been so many moments where there have been surprises for me that have been blown, like our engagement, for example. 
was amazing and it was perfect, but it almost got ruined because there was a youth leader that, that needed to be entrusted to some information who shared it with a couple other youth leaders who shared it with students. Love you guys so much. God bless our students. Thank you so much. This is not you. This is not you. This is an old, this is a, this is a while ago, okay? But students used to not be trustworthy, okay? And so the word started to spread. Girls started running around. I worked at Tommy's Malt Shop, and so people would come in all of the time, and, you know, students and leaders, and they'd be like, mm, paint your nails soon. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? You know, like, I heard it's going to be outside, so bring a jacket. I'm like, what's going to be outside? And they're like, so I'm like, okay, so I know we're getting engaged one day, so I try not to let it bother me, but that original plan, Sam's wise, he threw that out the window, gave it some extra time. I started to doubt. I'm like, maybe that was all nothing, and then he surprised me. Ish, but I did have my nails painted, not going to lie. But the, the llama, this is why the llama thing was so special to me. You guys, I did not choose this. They chose me. I love llamas so much, and the whole staff knew that there was going to be llamas was not just for me, most of the staff, some of the staff that needed to know. And um, it even spread to like my niece and she is young and she didn't spill it. So the fact that I was surprised by those llamas, you guys, yes, I, that was real tears. I was overwhelmed. It didn't beat our engagement, but I'm telling you, it's right up there, honey. I, it is wedding day, childbirth, llama. <laughs> Back to scripture, guys, this is church. <laughs> God could not trust this, this treasure, this, this surprise, this, this timing. He couldn't, he couldn't entrust it to just anyone, but God trusted Mary. This was the climactic moment all creation was waiting for, no pressure. She heard the voice and she responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. She did not speak to an action. She spoke to her identity immediately. She did not say, I serve the Lord, because that's something you do. She said, I am the Lord's servant. It was who she was. It was her identity. She had taken it to her identity. She was humble, not insecure. So if we can learn from Mary on how to listen and respond to God's voice, in this case, it was God's words through the message of an angel, because God speaks in so many ways. We are going to develop the discipline of a couple things. The first one being respond with a simple yes. A simple yes. A simple what? No. Yes. I don't need all of my questions answered. I may have some, que some questions that I don't need them answered right away. If God is speaking, I will initially say yes. No contingencies. Unknowns, risks, always. She voiced her concern about her role. She voiced her concern about her ability. She said, I'm a, I'm a virgin. I think it's interesting. Zechariah, uh, he was at the same, right before Mary got pregnant, her cousin Elizabeth and Zechariah were entrusted with John the Baptist. And so Elizabeth was pregnant in her old age. And the angel came to Zechariah and he said, he told him what would happen. And Zechariah did not respond the same way Mary. He said, how can I be sure that this is going to happen? And he cast a doubt on God. Whereas Mary had a different heart. She said, how, she started to look at herself. She was afraid. She's saying, how can I, I'm a virgin. She started to realize her inequities and her, and her, the parts of her that wouldn't measure up. And that's where God's power comes in our weakness. It wasn't a no. It's now I got to figure out where I am. The angel gave her very little 
to work off of, right? He says, this is how it's going to happen, and then, boom, the baby's going to come, and he's going to be holy. There is so many fill-in-the-blanks there, and it's happening to her body. Mysterious, any mysteries within, like, things that you don't know going on within your own body, that is freaky. That is freaky. And I have some rules. We have some rules in our house. Never Google anything, ever. Never, ever, oh, someone say amen. Oh, Lord, Jesus. Never Google anything and never switch to images. What are you people doing? Never. You will never sleep again. I've done it. Urgent care. Oh, Sam, how much money this year? Yeah. No, I have been in, Tasha Boleyn got a freaked out phone call from me. I'm like, I'm in urgent care and I need prayer or something. As nothing was happening. Lots of money, nothing. And I, I yeah, I can't, I'm, Sam told me I'm not allowed to tell the full story in church. Next, artisan women. I promise you, okay, ladies, Mark, we will talk about it. When there is mystery in our circumstances and how the outcome will play out, we sometimes let fear come and fill in all the blanks. Come on, when Sam was home 40 minutes late, I'm like, he is for sure dead. Nope, not. We, let, we take these things and we run. We let fear take our minds to worst case scenarios. But look how Mary responded with so many unknowns, so many unknowns about her future and about her present. God gave Mary within her questions, fears, unknowns, full consent. May everything happen the way you said. Why? Mary was ready to respond to God's will, not just his voice, which brings us to number two. In following the voice of God, be ready to kill your will. Because it does not happen at a salvation call and then you never have to die to your flesh again. You will be dying to your flesh as you follow Jesus and he gives you the power to do it. He gives you the desire to do it. You're like, I don't even want this anymore, Jesus. I want you. It is his power at work within us that allows these things to happen. Either Mary's will was already crucified or she was ready. She crucified that thing in an instant. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. This is talking about how we are to live now as the church, right? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, a.k.a. I'm, my flesh is dead. It is ready to die. It is no longer I who live, but Christ in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live in faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, God does not kill everything you desire. But sometimes he changes what you desire, and you learn to desire the things he desires to give you, which are good and pleasing and perfect. Amen? All the best things I'm saying are all the word of God, by the way. So, like, when you're amening, that is absolutely in the word of God. Go find these things. Put them on your wall. Half of these verses I'm preaching are literally framed on my wall because I need them. But what happens when we want what we want and we want it now? What happens when what God asks of us directly goes against our desires, our appetite, our, fla- our, our flesh, and our cravings? Have you ever seen a toddler throw a fit? You guys ever seen an adult throw a fit? <laughs> Shoot. I have thrown adult fits. <laughs> oh, gosh, that was funny. Someone said, me too. Um... So I've thrown a few, and I asked Sam, like, which one's your favorite? Which one should I share? He said nothing because he is a wise man. So um, not one of the wise men, but he is a wise man. So there's one, and I'll go, uh, I'll go tell this one quick because no one I'm saying a lot of stuff. 
So we were um, in Minnesota. We, when we lived in Tulsa, we'd come back to Minnesota a lot because we loved being home. And so I decided to come back around my birthday. My sister's a hairstylist in Burnsville. So she did my hair. She did wonderful color. And then the last present that I had not received yet was from my husband. And he's like, oh, it's going to be really good. You're going to be so excited. So immediately, as a rational person, I go, it's totally a new wedding ring. It's a new, it's a new band. Or it's a puppy. Or a pair of llamas. I don't know. My expectations, you guys, just sometimes get through the roof. So sorry. And so where I'm thinking, he's like, oh, I'm so excited to give you your gift. It's, really, it's something you've really been wanting, which is true. But I opened up the bag, and he was coerced by my sister that this is what I would love. Shampoo. Shampoo. And it was amazing shampoo, and it was all these hair products, and my sister was like, this, 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 which, by the way, now I'm like, she had a quota to me and how many products she had to sell. And then so I get this bag of amazing things, which actually kind of changed my life, and I still use those products because hair product is expensive, y'all. And so he just showered me with these gifts, listened to my sister. If you're watching, I love you so much, so much. But it was a toddler within me moment where I was silent in the car on the way to Oklahoma for maybe two hours with a bag on my lap and looking out the window saying, no, I'm fine. I'm just super tired. And um, I'm not proud of it, you guys. This was a long time ago. This was like 2019 calm down. But I threw an adult fit because I didn't get what I wanted when I wanted, and I didn't have control over a gift, and I was a big baby for a moment. But often we, some, we sometimes struggle when our will and our wants aren't met. And often we do not hear God's voice because deep down we actually do not want to listen, and I'm saying this to someone who has absolutely felt this way. Part of us wants to, but part of us wants what we want, and we don't want to risk losing what we want because we are scared. We are scared we will fail. We are scared we will lose control, that we will lack, we'll be deprived, we'll be empty-handed. What if we're taken advantage of? What if we get hurt? And all of these things, it's just fear. It's just fear, and it robs us, and it robs us, and it robs us. Fear has been a terrible, terrible, terrible friend to me. It has never been the hero in any of my stories. It has never advised me well financially. Fear has been an expensive, expensive part of my journey with Jesus. And God knew in this story that Mary was afraid and he was not mad. He wasn't mad. He gave her assurance. He gave her his word. And she trusted him. They lived, the people of this time, in a very high uh, shame and honor culture. And Mary knew that she either decided between honor, respect, praise in the world, or honor in the kingdom. She decided honor and legacy in the kingdom meant more than the kind offered by the world. And Mary sings a song of praise, and it's beautiful. Please go read it after Elizabeth her, her baby leaps in her womb when she gets close to her cousin Mary, and Mary's pregnant, and Mary begins to sing this song of praise after Elizabeth prophesies, and she says, my soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And then she begins to recount the greater story she gets to be a part of. 
She speaks to the generations before her and the ones to come. It is powerful because Mary found her value in being part of Christ's legacy, not in creating her own. And it is powerful when it's not about you. Mary knew it wasn't about her. But even so, look how often she's still talked about today. The center of God's will is where we need to be. It's where we want to be. Even if you don't think it is, I promise, ooh, it's, where you, it's where you want to be. And Mary wanted the full, unbothered, untainted will of God with not one bit left out. I want us to remember that phrase, not one bit left out. Because a heart fully surrendered, fully surrendered to the Father's will is entrusted with heavenly treasures and holy moments. Look at this story. We're going to hear so much more within this series. And we could continue this series for the whole year 2022. There are so many moments where people listened and they were entrusted with holy moments throughout the entire canon of Scripture that bring us to where we are today in this relationship with Jesus, with the veil torn and full access, holy ground, so powerful. When we receive a promise from heaven, you, you just can't help but walking around, right? Has anyone received a promise from heaven? Someone received, has received a word and it has come true, a promise, something that God said would happen in his word or his voice through a person and it's happened? You can't help but walking around preaching, hey, do whatever he tells you. That, that brings my mind, think about Mary, right? Later in Jesus' life, what's his first miracle? Turning water into wine. He hadn't even done anything yet. She noticed the wine ran out at this wedding. This wedding is happening. This wine runs out, and Mary sees it happen. And before Jesus goes, he gives instructions to some men, and they go and they fill up some jars of water, and it turns into wine. Before any of this happens, Mary sees, she knows her son, and she goes to the men. Jesus literally says, like, no, my time isn't coming. I'm not doing anything. And she goes, do whatever he tells you. Do it. Be ready to do what he tells you because you do not want to miss being a part of this miracle. When you know your Savior and you get around him, you go, oh, no, there's a move happening, and I want to be a part of it. I'm going to insert myself into this miracle because I need to be used by God again and again and again and again. The keys can come on up. Let's get this in our spirits, church. When we know who he is, we can trust him. And we want, we desire as artists, and we desire as a church to be used by God in miraculous ways. I do, not want, I do not want to miss out. The third way that we need to respond to God's voice like Mary is three, to be content. Be content with God's will for you. Be content with your lot in life. Be content with the way he chooses to use you. Be content with the role that you get with the assignment in your hands and steward it. Do not resent it. Do not bury it. Be grateful. Be content. Be content. You can seek more. You can knock and ask while being content. When years ago, God told me that he wanted me to preach. He wanted me to minister. But before any of that happened, he told me that he wanted me to be a mom. And so we heard tra Sam was traveling all over, and I was so proud of him. And there were many times I'm like, take me with, I want to come with. Whether I pre I just, I'm in the, this, I know that this is a part of my inheritance, I want it. And so Sam was away on a trip once, and I was praying. I'm like, trying to get all spiritual, I'm trying to fast. I'm like, God, what's my call? What's my call? 
And although he had told me what it was, I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do right now? What's my call right now? You want me to start this? I'll do it. You want me to post something on YouTube? Oh, holy spirit, I will do it. And there's gonna be so, it's gonna be amazing. And so I'm fasting, my kids are all napping. And I'm sitting on my stairs and I had not heard from God. And I was like, he doesn't wanna use me anymore or something, or I don't know, maybe I heard wrong. And God just started to, he came and I felt his presence on the stairs. And I'm like, oh, he's gonna speak to me. God, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is, just tell me, what do you want me to do right now? And so clearly, and it was nothing as, it's not what I expected. He said, love those around you. And in that moment, I'm looking, and I just had three babies that were so tiny and so loud, and I was not sleeping ever. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. So as my holy God assignment, I will trust that the, the next will come whenever. But if you say that loving these people around me is going to bring me purpose and it is going to give me a drive and you're going to meet me here, then I do not care. If this is my role right now, I will do it. And you may not be in the season you want to be and you may be sowing and other people are reaping. But when God is with you and he meets you there, it doesn't matter. Those moments become holy moments. If he put it in your hands, say, oh, this is holy. I will steward this. This is treasure. Ask, knock, but also enjoy the treasures of today and enjoy promises fulfilled. Because in Luke 2, Jesus is born. And if you don't know the story, come back Christmas Eve. And if it's also you don't know the story, like, really? Just kidding. You know it. If you, don't, if you think you don't know it, you know it. The story began to spread of the miracle of Jesus' birth and all of these moments that Mary had known about, had known about, had now become public. And everyone's sharing them around and there's this incredible thing happening. The shepherds are celebrating. Everyone's talking. But it says in Luke 2.19, but Mary, she treasured these things up in her heart. She stored them. She covered them and she protected them in a place no one could touch them. And she pondered them in her heart so she would not forget the promises of God. Mary was enjoying a harvest of obedience, humble submission, and everything the Lord had said had come to pass. And what was that phrase I told you to remember? With not one bit left out. God did not miss a thing. All of those fill in the blanks that could have been filled by fear, this, that, and the other, he did not miss a thing. Because she said, I don't want you to, I would have anything, even things that he didn't say would happen. She said, let everything happen that you have said. To bring about God's will had become her desire and she had just received it. Another reminder, it's okay to enjoy God's promises to you. The enemy wants you to feel guilty. The enemy wants you to, to steal those moments. He wa- Other people will come. Oh, the moments where promises come, God sends just like the wrong person. And you can allow those things to steal, those lies to steal, promises, moments. But instead, we need to cover, protect our promises and choose to remember that these are holy and nobody can steal and touch what is God's and it is mine. When you seek first the kingdom, when you're submitting to God's will and you get to harvest, you get to the harvest, enjoy the fruit and share that fruit. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Purpose, peace, contentment, intimacy, 
Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him, him also, the Savior of humanity, along with him graciously give us all things? He offers the joy you desire this holiday season, the rest for your soul, the peace of his presence. Some people in this room are in a reaping season right now, and we celebrate with you. I'm in a reaping season in a lot of ways. But if you, others may be in a really hard sowing season and you wonder, does God still have a will for me? How do I find my way if I have lost it? Or how do I get back? And let me tell you, we believe God is a God who wants to speak straight to you today. We believe God wants to speak to you. He wants you to hear his voice. And in a moment, we're going to worship and we're going to listen. We're going to praise his name as we are designed to do. The lies may be, is my role as important as I thought? Is my role as important as his, hers, the others, as what it used to be? Am I just filling space? Or does God still have divine direction for me? Or does God still have divine direction for me now? Maybe you're in a new season. You're like, does God have divine direction for this one too? In those in-betweens, the enemy loves to lie and say, you're done. God does not. That is not his voice. Listen, he is ready, maybe with reassurance, maybe with truth. But remember, all of the Lord's promises prove true, and the word of the Lord never, it never, it never, the word of the Lord never, ever, ever, ever fails. You will wrestle lies, you will wrestle with God's will at times. Even Jesus wrestled with his will. Jesus wrestled with God's will, in the, and he was tempted He was tempted and tested in the desert, but he wrestled God's will in a garden. He said, I don't want to go through with it, but not my will, yours be done. Imagine if Jesus would have gone through with that instant moment where his flesh fought. What would have happened if Jesus just would have done what he wanted? He said, not my will, but yours. John 6, 38. I know I'm saying a lot of scripture, but this is the part that's going to change your life. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Let's let God transform us today to be like Christ in this way and every day. Let's be like Mary. Let everything, not one bit left out, let everything you have said about me come true. Let's make the choice to receive God's word with a simple yes. Let's be ready to kill our will if he asks for it and lay our desires at the foot of the cross again and again. And let us be content with the way that God chooses to use us in his story of redemption. Let's pray. God, like any seed, we cover this so it can grow. Your word in our hearts, God, would you protect and cover your word growing within us. You are finishing good works that you have begun in us long ago. All glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to do infinitely more than we can ever ask, think, or imagine. You are good. You are worthy of our worship. And simply, Lord, we want to hear your voice. Give us the desire to do your will. We want to please you. And thank you, you're a God that loves us, who is not mad at us, and who is ready to help us. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, let's worship. Let's worship.